Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. My name is Spencer Powell, the president here at Builder Funnel. And each episode, we bring you marketing and sales strategies to fuel growth for your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 18 of Builder Funnel Radio. This week, I chat with Carol Morgan of Denim Marketing, and we get into the world of PR. And the world of PR isn't too familiar to me, and I, uh, I'm not sure if it's familiar to you, but there's some really cool things that you can leverage in terms of press and connecting with writers and some local uh, media outlets to really get some good exposure for your company. And so I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Again, we're going to talk about PR, and I've got Carol Morgan with me. So enjoy episode 18. Hey, Carol, glad to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited. Cool. Yeah, I am too. And and today we're going to dive into kind of the world of, of PR. And I think that will be an interesting topic for our listeners. But I guess before we dive right in, you know, how did you, how'd you get into that world? You know, the world of marketing, the world of PR? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, my senior year of college, and I was majoring in business and behavioral science, with a you know, very heavy emphasis on business, didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I had an opportunity to participate in the governor's internship program. And the internship that I got was in public relations. So I interned for a semester in public relations and just absolutely loved it. So decided to pursue a career in that after I graduated. Gotcha. Very cool. And so you basically got into it, you know, out of that, that internship. And then did you go work for an agency or, you know, what was kind of your, your starting into that world after that? It's actually a really interesting story, Spencer. Um, so after I graduated from college, I stayed on board where I had the internship, which was the High Museum at Georgia Pacific Center um, here in Atlanta, Georgia. And they had folk art exhibitions. So if any of y'all listening have heard of Maddie Lula Kelly or Howard Finster, we had both those exhibits there while I either worked there or interned there. So I was there for about six months and it wasn't a PR position, but my PR um, internship supervisor, her name's Pam, she was still there and she had just begged me she's like take the job I'll help you find your first real PR job and she was absolutely true to her word about six months later she came into my office she goes I've got the perfect job for you you need to apply and it was with the Atlanta Botanical Garden so uh, my first real job in PR was at the Atlanta Botanical Garden I was there for four years and then I was recruited by Zoo Atlanta they wanted somebody that could give them a more national presence as they were moving into the Olympics so I was at Zoo Atlanta from 1994 through 1998. And then I went to work for a um, small marketing agency here in Atlanta that had a lot of clients in real estate. And everyone's like, now, how does she get into real estate? Um, And I started their PR division. So for them, I really kind of cut my teeth on real estate and worked on some really, really cool high profile accounts and um, communities. And then um, I had a baby in 1999. And he was a very difficult baby. I say he's um, an original. He's, you know, one of a kind, a limited edition. (laughs) Didn't sleep through the night till he was 18 months old. Um, and, you know, somewhere during that maternity leave time, I just realized, you know, this is not a child I'm going to be comfortable leaving in daycare. So I went out on my own as a freelancer. And within about three years, I had to confess that I was an agency because I had employees and lots of clients. And it was just, you know, it just kind of kept growing. It was a lot of fun. 
That's awesome. That's a super cool story. And yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I always find it interesting how, how things evolve, you know, and you uh, get to know somebody and what they're doing. And then you realize there's, there's so much underneath the surface. It's not just, Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing PR, you know, and, and there's, there's a story there. Um, but PR, right. is, it, it's just, go yeah. ahead. I mean, who knew we're going to, we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary as, um, you know, Flammer Relations, AKA you all know us as denim marketing, but the parent company behind the brand denim will be 20 in, um, 2019. Gosh, I can't believe it's 2019 next year. But yeah, it'll be 20. <laughs> wow. That's very cool. That'll be an awesome Crazy. milestone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Excited. So PR isn't my area of expertise, and and I think that's probably the the same case for a lot of our listeners. So can you help us out? You know, what is PR really? You know, what does that that boil down to? What does that look like? How do you define it? Well, you know, and I think that's a great question, and it's interesting from a number of aspects. So, you know, when we think PR, and most people who tell you they're in PR or public relations, what they're really doing is media relations. Um, you know, communicating with the media or maybe doing some internal communications for their clients or for the, the, their place of business. Um, but it's, it's really all about taking the news of a company and putting it out there in a platform that you can distribute it to reporters and get them to pick up that story and run it on, you know, their media so that you're seeing it's, it's you know, third party um, expertise is what it really is. It's, you know, it's a way to brand your company. It's a way to get a whole lot more traffic to your website. Um, you know, that's what we, and I think most people who say they're in PR think of PR, but a lot of people think more of special events or just dealing with the public. Um, and that whole, you know, public facing, which I would consider really more sales or consumer driven, but, um, it's always interesting to see what people's uh, definition is. But in the PR world, you know, we consider it more media relations. Gotcha. That makes sense. So if somebody's going to put together a PR program, is that kind of a, a practice of trying to uncover stories, things that are happening within a company, and then you're trying to take that to media outlets and get those stories covered? Is that kind of correct? The- yeah. And yeah, and you always look at the story and you listen to what the story idea is, and then you think through, you know, all the different places you could pick it. You know, is this story really news? You know, is it breaking news? You know, could we get it on TV? Could we get it on radio? Does it warrant, you know, an exclusive exclusivity where we're going to offer it to just one reporter first? Or, you know, what's the best, highest use for that story? You know, and sometimes, you know, our clients come to us with this great, great, great story and you realize, you know, well, this would have been a great story if we could have run it three or four months ago. (laughs) Now it's really kind of old news and maybe we should, yeah, maybe we should just run it on their blog or run it on their social and get them some outreach from that. Um, But the timing of it's what's really, really critical because, you know, not only do you have to have the relationship and have the right reporter to call, but you've got to get them in the right time frame. And some reporters, that's, you know, this week for next week's stories. And sometimes it's, you know, this month for three months from now. So you, you really have to know what kind of deadlines they're working on. That makes sense. And, and I'm curious, you know, because, um, you know, let's say, I guess, what does the process look like for uncovering these opportunities or stories within a, a company? And especially, you know, thinking about companies that aren't familiar with PR, or PR hasn't been a part of their strategy up till now, you know, is, 
is there an easy way or a kind of a simple process for making that a habit or uncovering these stories and trying to figure out how to, to get those in front of um, some media outlets? Yeah. You know, I think most people today, you know, look at content and they look at a social at a social media content. So, you know, when you're thinking of what your story ideas and, and the things you want to tell on social media, think about those stories that you're telling that might have a little bit more of a hook to them. So it's not so much of a story that you did something, but it's going to be more of a PR story when you're getting ready to do something. So, you know, maybe you've got a big new design center that's getting ready to open. That would be a perfect story. And it gives you the opportunity to, you know, give them a heads up that it's opening, maybe have a sneak preview night you know, for media only, or maybe combine media with your homeowners or some other group that you're giving a tour of the facility to, um, you know, just kind of knowing what those stories are. Another great example would be if you're um, building a new product in a new area of town where you've never built before. We actually have a client in Atlanta that's getting ready to build some, they call them stacked townhomes. Um, and they're really, you know, more like a stacked flat, but it's in an area of town they've never built. Um, many of them are not going to have any garages. Some of them will have one garage. They're going to have bike storage. They're building a whole new design center and a building across the street so that they can serve their in-town market now because it's probably, I mean, Atlanta's pretty big. I'm, I'm guessing their existing design center is 45 miles north of where this you know, new smaller design center will be for their townhome collections. But, you know, something like that is really kind Kind of breaking news. It's a big builder. They've never done this before. It's a new product. Um, we're looking at two different media outlets for that story. You know, one that's really, I call it more gitchy and more in town. And I think it's right up their alley. And that's probably who we're pitching it to. But another one that's a little bit more business focused that might be interested in it as well. That makes sense. So you're, you're really needing to look ahead rather than back to see what kinds of things you have coming up and then trying to uh, make those connections then with the the media outlets. Correct. You know, that's the hardest thing to do. Somebody came up with this great idea. That, oh, we've got this big, huge grand opening next week. Well, you know, next week's going to be hard for us to get coverage for, you know, from this week. Because by the time we write it and get it approved, then we still need to send it out to the media and they need to look at it and they've got to get it into their schedule. So, you know, we like to be at least a month in advance. If it's something really, really big, three or four months is even better. And sometimes that's hard to do when you're working with construction and deadlines and rain and, you know, things change and they move. Um, but, you know, having, having a plan that looks forward a few months and then tweaking it as you go is extremely helpful. So we always like to know what's coming down, you know, what's coming down the, you know, the pipeline six months from now, eight months from now, you know, and even if it moves a little bit, we can kind of keep an eye to it as it, as it gets closer and be able to release it in a more timely fashion. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think with most things, it's always help, more helpful if you can plan ahead. So um, that's, that's good to know. I guess I'm, I'm curious too, you know, for builders that are listening and maybe they haven't done a lot of PR in the past, how do you make those connections with, with media outlets and, you know, so that you can kind of pitch these stories as they, they come up? Right. Well, it's all about knowing who's writing for, you know, what papers um, and, you know, reading their bylines, you know, introducing yourself, you know, maybe if you know, you've got something coming up that you want 
this particular paper to cover six months from now, you know, reach out now and say, you know, hey, just wanted to make an introduction. This is who I am. This is what we do. You know, I have a story that I think you're going to be interested in in the future. I would love to meet you in person. Do you have time for coffee? Um, you know, the challenge with reporters today is that they are all incredibly overtasked. Um, and they don't have much time. I actually had dinner Saturday night with a reporter I've known. I guess I don't even want to, I don't want to date myself, but I've known her at least 20 years. Um, and, you know, she was saying that people are always like, oh, when can you come out to do the interview? And she's like, come out to do the interview. I'm going to ask like five questions. I need 10 minutes of your time. I don't have time to drive an hour and do this big, you know, fancy schmancy <laughs> interview and drive another hour home. Um, He's like, you know, it would take me long to drive out there and back that I'm going to spend writing the entire story. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I think they've got to be aware of that. Yeah. Or, you know, a lot of people new to PR will say, oh, well, can you send me your list of questions up front? Now, some reporters will do that, but some of them are like, I just, I'm just going to ask you whatever comes to mind. I'm talking about your new home community. This isn't like we're talking about Fort Knox or sharing state secrets. You know, I want to promote your community. I want to find out what's new and cool. And, you know, what are people going to want to know if they're considering buying there? I'm not going to take, you know, the reporters, you know, I'm not going to take my time to write five or six questions and give them to you. I just want to have a conversation with you. And, and I think that that, um, is a little disconcerting to some people. You know, they want to know what they're going to be asked. And in general, if you've got a PR agency working with you, they can give you an idea of, you know, here's an idea of how the interview is going to go. Um, and I think that makes, you know, clients a little bit more comfortable when they have kind of an idea of how the conversation is going to go. That makes sense. So so basically, you're you're trying to, to research a little bit on, you know, who the writers are for the different uh, newspapers or magazines or wherever you're trying to get the coverage and then just trying to reach out and, and form those connections and then yeah. possibly submit those, all, those opportunities. Yep. It is all about relationships and sometimes it can take a while to form those relationships. Um, and it's gotten harder and harder just because the reporters are stretched thinner and thinner and they've got, you know, deadlines that they've got to meet. And for them, a lot of times it's just easier for them to pick up the phone and call that one source they've had forever, which is great for us as a dinner marketing again, we've been in this space for 20 years. So, you know, I have some reporters that'll call us and even call us about a client that maybe we had five years ago that's not even a client anymore, but they'll want to know. They're like, oh, hey, I'm looking for information, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can you help with that? Um, so, you know, sometimes that works out well for us. It's a great intro to get a client back on board who hasn't been yeah. doing PR for a while. That makes sense. And is there is there any, um, I guess, quick tips that you might add for our audience around uh, maybe some of the art behind a pitch? You know, if you're tr- if you are trying to pitch a specific story, I would imagine it has to do with, um, you know, what kind of value does it add to that particular writer if they're trying to cover something. But but I would imagine sometimes they're just, um, you know, trying to get something that will be really interesting and, and get some eyeballs. Because um, I know a lot of those reporters and writers, they're tasked with getting, you know, page views and all these things online today. Right. And that, and that, that's part of the reason you see these crazy headlines you see today too, is, you know, they are tasked with getting eyes on site and promoting their own stories and getting it out there in social media and making sure that it's read. Um, and sometimes, you know, just to stay on staff, you've got to be making certain numbers as it relates to reach. So writers today are, are it's really a different world for them too. It's not that they just write the story and submit it. Now they're tasked with you know spreading it out in social media you're not always the, the news outlet social media but their own social media and getting eyes on site and sometimes you know to keep your byline in the paper you've got to make sure you're getting so much 
much reach and so many impressions on social. It's um, it's become very competitive, and that's why you see all these crazy headlines you see today. Because again, you know, the the more scandalous the headline is, the more likely someone is to read it. So that's something that's a little bit different. But yeah, it really is all about getting to know the reporter and knowing what they want and when they want it. I mean, there's some reporters that you send them your pitch in an email and you probably should not follow up with them because if you follow up with them, you probably won't get the story. But if they like the story, they'll reach back out to you. It just gets so hard in today's day, you know, world of email and spam boxes and junk mail. Sometimes you just want to know that your email got through. Um, and that's where some of the PR software comes in handy too. We use a service called Vocus to distribute our press releases and you know, we can see whether the reporter opened it or not. Um, and we kind of have a funny story there. Uh, Mandy, who's our um, PR specialist here, was emailing a specific reporter for about a year and could tell that they were opening the stories, but they weren't using them. But within the last month, they reached out to her and put her in touch with another reporter at a publication that's like their sister publication, and they're now running our stories. But it took a year. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is some people just, you, it, it's, it's about having a consistent message and being a little bit persistent you know, PR isn't something that you do just one month and stop doing. Um, you know, if you're committed to a public relations program, then you're going to have a, you know, a, a six to 12 month plan and you're going to work that proactively every single month. And that's, that's how you see some of these builders who are always in the paper or, you know, construction product companies or remodelers. If they're always in the paper, it's because somebody's out there working it for them. Or because someone has worked it hard in the past and they've made a name for themselves and now the reporter picks up the phone and calls that person directly. So it seems like with PR, like you said, it's kind of this it's this long-term play because you've on one hand you've got to develop these relationships and that, you know, relationships aren't formed overnight, but then you also um, you know, it's kind of a branding play in a sense because if somebody sees an article one day, they might miss the next one. And so, but if you're consistent and they're seeing your company featured, you know, throughout the year and over multiple years, then it, it kind of starts to catch up in in that regard. Um, I'm curious, how do you measure, think about measuring PR today? Because traditionally I'm sure there were a lot of these outbound channels, you know, newspaper and, and things like that radio, but there's a lot of integrated, you know, online channels today. You've mentioned social media already several times. So um, those are all measured differently and, and PR is uh, a little bit different world. So I'm curious, how do you approach that? That's a great question. Um, you know, there's a couple of different ways we look at it and we measure it. I mean, obviously there's a a whole branding push. Um, and when it comes to branding, you know, one of the ways you measure branding as a company as a whole is to look at your direct traffic coming into your website. Because those are the people who are typing in your URL directly because they know who you are. So having, you know, billboards and having stories in the press, whether it's in print or, you know, online is helping to build that brand and helping to direct those people, you know, directly to your website. So that's one thing you can look at. Um, we like to look at 
you know, things like, you know, how many impressions does it generate? You know, how many readers does a public, you know, publication have? We'll even still look at sometimes, you know, what's the ad equivalency? You know, what would you have paid for this if you'd run this, you know, full page ad instead of running this full page article? Um, my favorite way, though, to measure the success of PR campaign is, is literally the people who are walking in the door holding the publication in their hand or who will say, I saw, I saw the story on this community in XYZ publication. Um, I mean, you just can't, you can't beat that. That's great when that happens. Doesn't always happen. And the reality is we all see, you know, it's like you said, you might see the brand in print today and maybe you see the billboard tomorrow and then you see one of the weekend directionals and, you know, then maybe you see a uh, promotion or incentive on Facebook. So it's, it still takes seven or eight touches to get somebody to the point that they're really considering, you know, making that purchase. Um, and, and public relations is a great way to leverage that because when somebody sees those articles written it's a third-party endorsement because you know, here you have a news source talking about you in a positive light so if somebody's on the fence and you know maybe comparing a couple of different builders you know pr is something that might tip them to your company versus the other one yeah that's awesome yeah and that, that's super helpful i think for people listening you know thinking about okay i'm deciding between all these things i'm going to be doing for marketing uh, typically one of the first questions, how do, how do I measure this? Is it going to work? And so, um, those are, those are really helpful, you know, components and things to look at when you're trying to, to measure the success of a campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, I would imagine that a lot of, a lot of builders, a lot of companies decide to outsource PR just because it's a unique area of expertise, or maybe they don't have the time for it. Um, combination of elements, you know, if somebody's thinking about outsourcing, PR to an agency, you know, how important is it for that agency to know the local market? I think it's really important for them to know the local market. In most markets, um, there are a whole lot of freelance reporters who are writing for bigger publications. And you can't just buy, I mean, again, if I were to look on Vocus and try to find some of the reporters that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, they're not in there because they're freelancers. So if you're just counting on a software program to help you find you know, the right reporters and place those stories, it, it's a little harder to do. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you've got to be really willing to work that local market if you're not in it. And even if you're in it, you have to, look, you know, to work it. You need to look at the publications. You need to read the publications. You know, Pay attention to what it is they write about and who's writing it. Um, but you know, not knowing that local market you know, could mean that you're, you know, pitching really the wrong publication. Maybe it's just slightly outside the area that you think it covers. Um, or maybe you're pitching the news editor and there's really, you know, a business reporter that's the better um, reporter, but you've never seen the publication, so you don't know it. So I think it's very important to know the local market. And if you're not in that local market, you know, take the time to go to the market and meet the reporters and look at the publications and really get to know how they work and what they want to interact with in terms of content. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of little nuances there. So I'd imagine, yeah, getting, getting super familiar with those would be, uh, I guess, put you ahead of other people that, that are unfamiliar with those. So you can make sure that your, your efforts are the most targeted and, and best placed. Um, right. I guess in continuing the discussion around, you know, builders working with PR agencies, I mean, how to, how would you typically work with an agency? What what do those projects typically look like? Is it, hey, I want you to help me get one story, or is it typically a program where you're trying to get featured in you know several 
places or times or, you know, how does that kind of work? I mean, the answer to that is yes, it can be either. So maybe it's a particular project and the project is you're opening, you know, a new community and that could be a project. So maybe it's a 90 or 120 day project or even, you know, six month project that revolves around that new community and getting coverage for it. Um, Or maybe it's more of, you know, a branding campaign um, focused on, you know, what do you build and, you know, what are your brand attributes and stories around those. So maybe if one of the things that's very important to you is, you know, lifestyle and walkability or, you know, outdoor living, then you're going to hire a PR firm who's going to look for stories on those topics and position you as an expert um, that can be interviewed on those topics. Um, so that's another you know, way to look at it. You know, and then I'd say the bulk of our clients look to us for some combination of all of those things. You know, they want us to release all their new openings, talk about their agents, the awards they win. Um, so it's some combination of, you know, project-related work for openings of communities and then also, you know, that branding work to tell those trends stories. And then just to tell, you know, company news as well. You know, who have you hired? What were your sales numbers? You, know, you opened this new phase because the first phase sold out so quickly. Um, so I think it's a combination of projects and, you know, retainer work. And, um, you know, most projects are probably going to be 90 days. Um, and then, you know, if somebody hires the agency to be on retainer, you know, that's probably gonna be a 12 month to two year retainer. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's super helpful. It seems like there's kind of this ongoing, you know, branding effort. That's the long-term play, but then you might build in some projects and some big pushes around openings or, you know, events and, and things like that to, uh, to tackle those specific goals or milestones along the way. Yep. That is exactly how it works. Cool. And, and I'm, Curious to learn, you know, a little bit more about how PR integrates with with the web today, just because there are so many online channels. And um, one question that kind of comes up is, does PR play a role in search engine optimization today? Uh, Because that's kind of another very specialized um, area of, of digital marketing, but are, are those two connected? You know, I think it's all connected. You know, SEO, so much of search engine optimization today is content. So you want to be building, you know, that good content online, whether that content's on your website or your blog or your Facebook page or your Google Plus, or it's a press release that you've sent out through one of the high quality press release distribution services. Um, Hint, hint, those aren't free. (laughs) Um, There's still lots of free PR sites, but, you know, you look at the things that Google values and they value high quality you know, original content. Um, and they look really hard at all these spamming links. If you're just trying to create links back to your website, it needs to be a high quality link from a high quality site. Um, and that definitely helps with SEO. You know, if you were able to score an article um, online from a, a source that links back to your website, then, you know, that's definitely helping your SEO. So, so anything that helps you with that third party credibility is going to help with your search engine optimization as well. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And certainly, you know, those inbound links can be super powerful. And so, yeah, if you get in with some, some credible sites and sources, those, those could probably potentially have a a huge impact on, you know, your ranking and the, the power of your Mm -hmm. own website. Um, right. Very cool. And I have one last question for you, but 
first, I want to give an opportunity to, to you to basically just tell everyone how can they connect with you and, and learn more about you and your company and, and how you're serving the industry. Oh, fantastic. Well, they can uh, call me at 770-383-3360. I'm an extension 20. Um, they can visit us on denimmarketing.com or the contact us form there. Um, it's probably the two best ways to catch me. Um, you know, you can also reach out through our Facebook page, um, Denim Marketing. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to link up um, the Facebook page and your website in the show notes and definitely feel free to reach out by phone as well. Um, and I guess as we kind of wrap up our, our episode here and talking about PR, you know, if you could leave our, our listeners with one piece of advice, what do you think that would be? Oh, wow. I think my biggest advice would be related to PR it really kind of all goes back to content and having a content strategy. You know, look at what's coming up in your company for the next three to six months, make a list of all those stories, you know, talk about the promotions and incentives that you want to do, and then figure out the highest and best use for that content. You know, is it a blog post? Is it a social media post? Is it um, a big campaign around a new community that you're opening that needs a big PR push. But having that full content plan helps so much to know how to use the content versus just, you know, kind of going by the seat of your pants and doing it, you know, a month or half a month at a time. If you can work farther out, it's going to make a lot more sense and be a much um, better, more sound strategy that you get better results from in the long run. I like it. Yeah, I, th I think that's that's awesome advice. Make sure that as you're, you know, getting into this world of PR that you're you're planning ahead and, and looking forward. And and Carol, um, thanks so much for joining me today and and educating us on on this world. I feel like it's it's familiar to some, but unfamiliar to a lot. And so I think this has been great. Thanks so much, Spencer. I appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks again, Carol. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.